Poise for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In this episode of Poised for Exit, we have two guests joining us to talk about cybersecurity and how it impacts business owners and advisors and particularly enterprise value. But first, we're going to hear from our show sponsor, Sunbelt Business Advisors. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with two of the partners of CyberFin, a firm offering complete cybersecurity protection. Chris Steffel and Daniel Metcalf, welcome to Poise for Exit. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm glad that you're here. There's so much to talk about. This topic is so hot, and there's so much to it. Um, Chris, you and I have been talking about this for a while. Absolutely. This is a new endeavor of yours. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you've been on the show before talking about versatile insurance, yep. and now you have this company um, with your partners. So before we dive into the heavy questions, because sure. I have a lot of them, how did this get started and why? You know, the biggest thing was is I worked with a lot of insurance agencies and financial advisors, and we ourselves went through a pretty big upgrade on our cybersecurity and just realized how difficult it was. And so I wanted to put together a solution for um, all my clients um, that was a managed service that they didn't have to worry about that was easy to deploy. Mm. And uh, since then, it's led into a lot of different industries that we're getting pulled into um, from there. And we just are starting to see how big a topic this is. And how did you and Daniel get to know each other? So Daniel and I actually met through another relationship we had on the the wholesale side of the space. And um, Daniel was actually the one that was kind of implemented the tools that we needed to put in place. He's got a little bit more background in the on the cybersecurity side of it. So I see. So it sounds like it's a divide and conquer, huh? Absolutely. 100 percent. Yeah, it 100 percent is. Yeah, (laughs) you're the biz dev guy and Daniel's the technology guy. I'm the guy that comes around and cleans up. That's, you know, yeah, that's all the different the pieces of, the, of yeah. the puzzles, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But it's a it's a fun journey. We work really hard to just make sure that we're relentlessly protecting as many uh, agencies and their customers as possible um, based on the, the environment that we're in today. So it's just the amount of opportunities that we've been able to come across to try to help people has been amazing and it's been an amazing journey. So it's, it's been a fun time. What are you seeing right now happening out there in um, 
the cybersecurity space? Like, I know your your phone's ringing off the hook, but just give me a couple of, of um, scenarios. Yeah, so the, the major ones that we're coming across are, of course, the number one cybercrime um, in the world, but in America today, um, within COVID and post-COVID is cyber extortion. Um, mm. The ability for bad actors to come in and try to lock down your data or lock down your system or lock down your, your company um, in exchange for some type of monetary rewards, mostly in Bitcoin. Um, that's what they're aiming to try to do, whether it's through social engineering, through email attacks, um, you know, mm. malware that they're that you're trying to put on your uh, in your system. They're constantly looking at ways of seeing that you're moving around between offices and homes and all all other uh, aspects mm. to really try to find a way to get in your system, lock you out of it, and then you know force you to pay. And does this have anything to do with why a lot of these professional services firms are not allowing their people to work from home as much as they used to? I'm hearing that a lot out there. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm sure that's all, that's an aspect to it. Sure. Um, Makes as sense. As always, because you can be in more control, and the more control you have uh, over an environment, obviously the less chances of bad, bad people getting in and bad things happening. And that's ultimately the way that we look at it, too, is, you know, if you can, if you can create consistency and control at that user level, Right, the user person that has the email address, a device, and access to the internet, and possibly from multiple places. If you can control that environment, you have a better chance of being able to um, manage the cybersecurity or manage, you know, the data moving in and out. Mm-hmm. So that might be part of it, yeah. Um, well, but mostly of it is, you know, can they find the efficient way to manage all, and, know, all of it? And then, of course, there's regulatory compliance when we're talking about, especially financial services firms, right? They're required. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that's so difficult right now is you've got financial firms and insurance agents that are dealing with multiple states, multiple different regulations. You've got federal coming in. You might be dealing with HIPAA compliance. And there's all kinds of different things that are being thrown at these agencies um, and advisors. And I think that's the most difficult part. So we're trying to not only do our tools help protect them, but I also feel like just with my background of understanding the, you know, the industry exactly. is try to give them direction on what they should be doing now and, and in the future. So, Well, with your background and the connections that you have, too, I mean, this just seems to me to be, you know, a great next thing, right? Because it, it marries itself so well with what you've already been doing. And, Absolutely. And the need is, is definitely great. Now, um, it would seem to me, and I know we talked about this a little bit before, Chris, that um, whether or not a company actually has any cybersecurity measures in place could definitely not only affect the value Absolutely. right, of the company, but um, even unravel an M&A deal. And I know you got a story to share on that. No, so it's been interesting as we've gotten more into this, and we've been being pulled into different M&A firms also, but we have actually had a couple situations that we've um, been made privy of that um, – Big, big M&A deals that actually fell apart when they did discoveries on them to find out that they had been breached in the past. And I think the thing that was really interesting as we, we heard about these situations is that when they did the analysis of it, what they looked at is their, their concern was, is what stuff that they didn't see or couldn't see from there. Mm-hmm. And that's why these deals got unraveled. So um, it's, and it, it's not just one. We've actually seen quite a few that have, have popped up here recently. Mm-hmm. And is that um, more because 
of these cyber attacks that folks in the M&A world are, are adding that to due diligence, right? More Absolutely. than ever. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. And it has been a concern for some of the larger companies out here. There's sure. been divisions that have specifically just focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the, as that company merges in, just on technology alone, that's part of the process. Um, but secondly, just there can be a big difference of those different cybersecurity tools. So did any of these um, transactions that fell apart, were any of them able to kind of put it back together? No? They weren't, yeah. Wow. And that's a great question because I asked the same thing. Mm-hmm. Is, and it's just, I think the problem is, is when you have this breach, there has to be forensics done on it. Right. And still, even after the forensics has went through everything, there's just still that unknown. And depending on you know how tied they are to international or mm-hmm. other companies, mm-hmm. and I think it's just at the end of the day, it's it's the concern of bringing that into your your systems or your company. Um, if there's been that attack, it's like it's it, is it even worth the risk? So first of all, I'd like to ask who is the ideal client for you? I know that you've, you're branching out beyond financial services. Um, talk about that, and then also talk about how does this work if I'm a business owner. How do I how do I get this implemented? So well, I can address the the clients, and then I'll have um, Daniel address the other one. Mm-hmm. So I think for us, we started this company specifically focused on financial advisors and insurance agents, mm-hmm. and I really thought you know that that was going to be our main focus on it. And as we got in to fix their problems and put different cybersecurity tools in place, we started getting pulled into different industries um, that they were working with, a lot of their clients. Mm. And so um, it's been an interesting you know, ride the last six months here because we've gotten pulled into um, association trade groups and different industries okay. that I would have never even thought about having cybersecurity breaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was more eye-opening maybe to me than Daniel, um, just who they were going after. I mean, just some very unusual industries that you would never even think would be breached. So for us, I mean, we'll fo- we focus on the advisors and the insurance agents just because they know the business as well for delivery. Mm-hmm. But we definitely are seeing that we need to expand into other industries and really get understand those industries and how we can provide this information easily in our tools. So, so the criminals out there are not discriminating in terms of industry. They're not. Yeah. And, and they're smart. I mean, sure. they well, know yeah. who's got the data. They know, um, you know, it's not hard to figure out if it's a, a specific industry, what information they might be gathering. Mm-hmm. And so they know what they're going after. Um, you know, and I just one thing to share that's been an interesting thing from a sophistication standpoint is we've seen breaches happen and they actually can see the cyber liability policy and what the coverage is because they've taken the data. They even know what to ask for. Because they know what the claims will, you know, what the claims could be paid. How disgusting! Yeah, it is disgusting. It's Gosh. just, yeah, it's just crazy. And the most recent yeah. one we heard about was from a nonprofit. So that one yes. to show that's yeah. that's the level, you know, it's no longer the enterprise level organizations. It's mm-hmm. no longer, you know, the names, the brands that you're going to see on, you know, on a on a television ad or uh, on a streaming ad. Mm-hmm. Um, you're it's it's nonprofits because now they know a cyber liability policies. Not many of them are getting paid out, but they can they can make a guess at what they can submit a ransom for and and receive. So then is it true that if I as a business owner decline to pay a ransom that I could get myself into more hot water, like worse than paying a ransom? Well, it depends on what state you're in. Mm. (laughs) Um, Right now there's a a certain state that's um, not going to allow you to pay a ransom. Um, Can you get yourself in more hot water? Depends on what protections you put yourself in, you know, put in place, 
prior to that breach or that ransomware mm-hmm. happening, right? Um, if if you find yourself in, in a in a ransomware situation, uh, first thing you should do is call your insurance broker. If you don't have an insur- if you don't have cyber liability insurance, my suggestion would that'd be the first place, the first call to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure that's you know, but the level of breaches that are out there today. The le- you know not every not you can't protect everything. At least have yourself a, a backup plan if something were to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, right after that, change all your passwords. Force a password reset. Make sure it's a it's a complicated password, fourteen characters or more, um, upper lower case with a, with a character in it somewhere, as well as turn on all multi factor authentication, especially on your email if you have O three sixty five or or G Suite. Um, it's pretty simple to do. Um, just, just force it because then you are actually starting to close the doors, um, and starting to, to potentially get the, the, uh, bad actor and, and the one that's going to collect the ransomware might be more trouble than it's worth to them and, and, and may move on. Um, I don't know that's a long answer to your short question, but that's, no, it's a good answer, <laughs> that's but don't, I mean, wouldn't the insurance, um, criteria requirements, I should say, involve all the the safety precautions the multi-factor and whatnot that's definitely the direction it's going but yeah. when those policies were first implemented um that is not that was not necessarily the case okay it was more more or less saying look we'll you know we'll uh, insure you for a breach without necessarily looking to see what these organizations had in place to prevent a potential attack um, and now they're starting to move in that direction and that's where we're getting more and more phone calls of Hey, help us put together a service mm-hmm. along with the technology to make sure that they're uh, doing the bare minimum ne- necessary to protect themselves so that we're protecting our investment as far as with this insurance policy. So then it would be safe to assume that if I am seeking cybersecurity insurance, if I have CyberFins product, I should be able to get insurance with no problem, yes? It makes it a lot easier, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely something the carriers are are starting to ask is for our tools to be in place for you to even be able to wow. get coverage. So That's tough duty, huh? It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's confusing, too, because I think there's so many carriers, they're all asking different questions. And sure. so that's our one of our goals is to simplify by being able to put our products and our tools in place to help make that process easier, too. And then is this an education process then, too, on your part with the carriers? Absolutely. Sure. Yep. It's, I mean, we're talking to the carriers right now explaining what, you know, what our tools do, and we definitely mm-hmm. see it as something that I think the entire industry and federal and state, I mean, everybody is talking together to try to figure out the best way to go about this. Well, that's good because we need it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So let's um, talk about how, pricing. How, how do you guys charge for this service? How does it work? Yeah, we wanted to make sure when we started this that it wasn't going to come down to a budget or come down to a dollar amount for them to be protected. So when we stripped it all away, we said, we this is a service that provides the tools and technology, and we're going to charge it on a per-user, per-month basis. Mm-hmm. And a user being someone that has email address, a- accesses the internet, and also has a device or multiple devices, whether it's laptop or desktop. So depending on um, the number of users within your organization, all the way up from you know past 500 down to the single user, right? Could be a, a one person, um, a mm. one person agency. Wow. We will put our service with the technology and tools in place to help them protect them from cyber crimes and, uh, potentially regulation fines. Is this then a software download or is it a subscription based program? How does that work? It's a subscription service. 
So with that service, you're getting 24 by 7 managed service along with our tools and the technology on a per user per month basis. What are three questions that you should be asking from carriers to assist in lowering the agency risk? We're talking about insurance agencies at this point. We should be asking the carriers on what they are intending to start to require to not only protect the agency themselves, but the agency's customers that they're selling their product, right? They're representing their product. What are they doing from um, from end to end to make sure that all that data is being protected and that all the non-public information is being is secure and, and that that end person who is buying that insurance or using that insurance is making sure that their likeness and their um, information is being protected. Um, if they're following some of these simple protocols that we're talking place, that they're managing it actively, um, and then what they're going to require of the agencies to be able to, to manage it. Mm-hmm. And so if I am a business owner, and obviously there's some action items, some steps, some recommendations, what, what would you say to the listeners out there who don't have anything in place right now, but realize that they do need something in place? What are some things that they can do right now? What I would recommend is, first of all, start with a security first mindset. As a business owner, yes, we, you know our jobs are to obviously grow and, and support our businesses. And one of the ways to protect that growth is to have a security-first mindset. The first thing that we should look at is our passwords because that's how we're getting in and out of all of the different pieces of, of where our data lives. Complex passwords have now gotten to the point where they need to be 14 characters long, uh, lowercase and uppercase with some type of character limit. In. Turn on all your multi-factor authentication on everything that's available, especially email. Um, if you're using O365 or Outlook or, or G Suite, those are those are available. Um, and make sure that you're using the phone uh, authentication where it comes to your mobile phone and you put in a code. Um, the last thing I would I would say um, to get up and running is find out what data that you are keeping and how are you going to make sure that you can manage that data flow without other people getting into it. And once you identify that, then you can find the right partner, you can find the right service, you can find the right tools mm-hmm. of what it's going to take to protect that movement of the data. Okay, so let's just um, talk about a specific industry outside of financial services that you have um, recently worked with, helped. Um, you know, Paint the picture, tell us the story. Sure. One of our favorite ones, uh, as of recently, actually came from one of our uh, insurance agencies that this um, underground cabling company out of Georgia was being required if they wanted to get a government contract, mm. they were required to have cybersecurity protocols in place in order not only to meet they had to have cyber liability insurance, but also to meet the necessary requirements for that cyber liability insurance and the government's requirements in the state of Georgia for cyber for cybersecurity services. With our all-in-one solution and our service combined, once we implemented those tools, they were approved immediately. And that was the, that, what, that, you know, who would have thought that an underground cabling company, right, you know, um, subcontractor going out putting fiber cable throughout the state of Georgia, you know, fiber mm-hmm. optic cable throughout the state of Georgia would need cybersecurity services as well because they knew they were going to be touching government contracts, they were going to be getting emails from government, things like that. Uh, or different opportunities of that, where a, a breach could be not only bad for the government, but also for the business themselves and potentially the constituencies out and around it. Um, wow, it's just like a spider web, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. Of absolutely. how it, yeah, how it all connects. Well, we've reached the time in the show, guys, um, where we're going to wrap. And 
So final thoughts, um, things you're working on, any other action items, advice? You know, I just want to expand maybe on what Daniel just said there. I think where we're headed to is you as a business owner have the responsibility to make sure your vendors are also um, properly protected. Mm. And so I think that that's something that is, you know, for the client or for the clients that you're working with and the services that you're using, both sides of it have to be protected. And I think the thing is, is if you're a vendor providing services to another company and you go through a breach, you, there might be a chance you may not be able to work with that that uh, customer anymore or mm-hmm. that client from mm-hmm. there. So I think it's we have to start to think about this from multiple levels and how important it is to be protected. But I think it also is a it's a big added benefit too. If you go through this process, I think you can be set aside by saying, you know, we we have done this. We've put these tools in place. Um, it's a great opportunity to go out there and kind of you know brag about it that we're really focused on this for our customers and for our vendors. Yeah, so brag about it. What does that look like? I think the biggest thing is, is you know, by letting them know that as you're trying to bring that client on or it's an existing client that you're working with, letting them know that, hey, we've went through this to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, we're conscious of this. We, we know that this is an issue and this is something we want to constantly be moving forward on and focused on, you know, because we're, we're worried about your data and we want to make sure that we're, we're protecting it. Well, I'm sure that there are many people out there listening to this episode right now that need to he- learn more. And so uh, what's the best way for our listeners to reach you or your company, whatever you prefer? Yeah, if you can just go to our website, which is www.cyberfin.net, mm-hmm. where we have the opportunity for you to sign up for a no-obligation um, mm-hmm. cyber self-check. So we'll go through and we will look at um, your current environment. We'll look at you know how data moves throughout your organization and what we can do, what Cyberfin services may provide in order to protect um, to protect your organization. Okay. You well, also can email us at protectme at cyberfin.net. Um, if uh, filling out a form is not your favorite thing, you can just email us and we'll uh, reach back out to you. Okay. Cyberfin.net. All right. I got it down and we will make sure to put a link to cyberfin.net in the show notes so that people can easily access and sign up for that consultation because that sounds like a really good deal. Guys, Daniel, Chris, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for um, sharing this valuable information. Um, you're doing good work in the world. <laughs> Very good. For our listeners, thanks for joining us. Please review and subscribe and follow us at poisedforexit.com and all the major platforms. We really do appreciate your listenership and join us again next time.